I mean, first a summary, because some of you, maybe you haven't been able to be involved. Some of you, you know, um, one degree or another, but it all started two weeks ago when the Lord said, I am here. Will you accommodate me? Now, this was kind of scary to us all. Um, this idea of making room, tending to, hosting, you know, um, offer resource and provision. And if you have someone in your house, you know, you feel obliged to take care of them all the time, right? You, you, don't, you don't just say, hey, listen, I'll be back tomorrow. Just help yourself and... Sometimes that might happen, but if they're family or whatnot. But with God, what's so costly is he's available 24-7. Like he doesn't sleep. And so to accommodate him is a cost. And I mean, I'm telling you, I every time I hear a song with day and night or a scripture like Sot read with day and night, I start weeping because it takes so much and some of you haven't been there in the middle of the night just praying and you're, you're exhausted, you're tired. But you know, like, if the next person doesn't show up, it could be five hours where you just don't stop praying and just worshiping the Lord. There's a cost. And, you know, I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that our mandate that God has given us, us, this community that's why this is so precious today it's like most of the times during the week it's mostly other churches from the region you know this is this is our family and god has dropped a visitation on us and he's really asking will you own it will you shoulder it well i can't worship do you have a bible come here read the word and literally just pour out your heart. And I, I want to just hit on a few things because, you know, this is different from other outpourings. We're all enthused about Asbury and all the campuses that God's pouring out on. And he's, he's, he's going to take back his world. He's going to take back all of the corruption. He's going to reverse it and heal it. And that's why he's doing that. But like, we can't fix our eyes on a way that God is moving and determine, oh, that's what we're going to do. We didn't ask for this. All we did is say, Lord, we will accommodate you. And we're a church context. We're not a school. And we are, there's some distinctions I want to just offer up today because I don't want you to, I mean, we've gotten all kinds of texts and emails and things like that for even calling it a revival, you know, and saying, Revival has, you know, thousands of people. Well, that's not the revival I know of. I know of a revival pushing back the spirit of the world that we can actually have affection for God in our heart. That is what it is. A revival is that reviving of a complacent, dead, cold heart. That is revival. It takes, revival can happen to one person. But I believe this is going to lead into a massive global awakening where like nations of the earth are turned upside down. You know, there's not huge numbers yet, but there's a consistent transformation, supernatural work of God every day. Amen.
but but I'll tell you quantity is coming it is coming um like I've talked to some that that are like well you know this is just normal like really not not recognizing the sacredness of his visitation like and I know God's word. He's present with us always. We always walk in the, the presence of God is with us always. I understand that you can't go to the highest heights or the lowest depths and escape the love of God, the presence of God. But there's something very sacred when God shows up and tangibly starts pouring out his power and presence. And so even if you're not a feeler, I want to just list because some of you don't, you're not necessarily tuned into live stream 12 to 16 hours a day or 18 I think that's my average is 12 to 18 hours a day maybe more the first this last week but some nights I can't disconnect I can't turn it off and I want to just give you some indicators that this is not just life is normal like people who think it's just life is normal they you have missed it. You're not recognizing and seeing some of these indicators. You know, one, many leaders in our church, starting with the, the E4 team, like Josiah, Sean, Stephanie, Steve, I miss anyone. or the elders, they're, they're undone. Meaning, like these were all people who we have given everything in our lives to serve the Lord. Like all our priorities, our passions, everything, whether it's in business or whatever, we're, it, it was all for the Lord. And then he turns us upside down, shakes everything out to leave one thing left. And that is our devotion and being consumed by the Lord. We didn't see we were doing the best we could to serve the Lord with all our hearts, all our mind, all our strength. And then a supernatural move of God comes and shakes everything. And we go, oh boy, this is wild. Like what else in life do we need to pick back up and run with? But if, it's, if there's nothing, we'll just be left with this one wholehearted consumed devotion to Jesus. It is remarkable. It's it's. That is a sign, it is evidence of this is not normal. Um, seasoned leaders in the region are saying, quote, we've prayed 20, 30 years for this. You know, another church staff was talking and they said, someone in the staff meeting said, you know, have you does anyone know what's going on there at that church? And one of the pastors said, oh yeah, yeah, God's presence is there in a powerful way. And so that person came down and helped lead worship. You know, one of the sets, there was an older man that was in the Brownsville Revival, and he's skeptical. He's, he was skeptical of any kind of outpouring. An older man who said, I've seen so much corruption behind the scenes of a lot of these things. And he said, so he was very kind of like, just kind of skeptical, came to his daughter the other night and in tears, just looked at her and said, 
this is real, honey. You can dive right in. There's been a trickle of people flying, flying in from our nation, different states, different parts of the country. One man, there was one trucker that just drove up from Rhode Island. His mom was dying, and, but he just drove up because he heard things were rumbling and he said, I want to see what's happening. Literally came here 30 minutes in the sanctuary, then went and helped step out in the fields with the animals for 20 minutes and then said, I got to go. Have a great day. It was great being here. And then went back to Rhode Island. There's um, this other guy. And it was a mystery because uh, Julianne's mom, who is in a very dark place. You know Julianne Dickerson? She, she called her and said, bring me to church. I'm ready to meet the Lord. And this was at 1150 at night. And we were just here, just praying, interceding. And so she comes down. But the funny thing is, I was starting to look online and watch it. And I'm like, who is this man? There was a, like a salt and pepper guy, hair that was here. And I had seen him pray a little earlier in the evening, like about 10 or so, just praying and just worshiping and pouring his heart out to God. And then I'm seeing Ashley lead Julianne's mom to the Lord. And then Julianne and then Ashley takes the mic and says, here, Everett's going to pray. So it's this big mystery guy that just disappeared. He was here. Literally, he came. He prayed for about an hour, led a woman to the Lord, dropped a substantial amount of cash in the envelope and left and said, I got to fly out. So there's this big joke saying like, I think it was an angel. (laughs) So Everett, if you're out there listening, if you are an angel... Thank you, Lord. But if you're a real person, I want to meet you someday. Reinforcements been coming in from other churches and ministries. Probably, a, I mean, reinforcements as those who are helping pray and lead. I mean, I think over a dozen. I just started thinking of all the people, maybe more. If you consider how many people are coming from different churches, it's even, it's, it's way higher. It's probably 30, 40, I bet. Um, you know, when our body, our body burned brilliantly the first week, I mean, shouldered, carried the responsibility of manning 24 seven, not to try to be 24 seven. You got to get that. Cause I've been involved in launching 24 seven. It takes years sometimes to like mobilize 24 seven prayer. And God says, I'm here. Will you accommodate me? And boom, it just breaks out non-stopping prayer and worship for two weeks now and I believe it's part of that cost is it like do we have to just keep it yeah we have to because he is we've had salvations and encounters with God where people have come that we don't even know at midnight several nights substantial like it's giving God a place to do whatever he wants around the clock But you know, when our body was wiped out, everyone, I think the whole church just got hit with sickness after the first week. And we were like, wow, where did everyone go? And at nights, the services and stuff, we just, I looked and I said, our church isn't here. Like our community, because, but it was full of people, hungry hearts that were there just crying out to God and and hungering for him. And 
and divine appointments all day. Every day, every day is a divine appointment of someone coming and being saved or, or surrendering their heart or being healed. And it's just, it's amazing. But the reinforcement from the body of Christ has sustained a 24-7 response of prayer and worship. You, you know, following live stream, you just, I'm just saying, who is that person? Wow, what is that voice? There's a con- another evidence. There's a consistent flow of salvations and surrenders or repentance. Divine appointments, personal ministry. And this is like God is drawing the hearts of, the, of those who are hungry. Um, there's a, I've tried to meet some people, but like this is grassroots groundswell. Um, a, a older woman, I just said, hi, who are you? And she said, oh, I came Monday. And then she paused. Her eyes start swelling with tears. And she goes, I experienced God in a powerful way. And she said, I had to come back. And she's just, you know, just overwhelmed. And she just stood like this for like two hours, just just worshiping the Lord. She's been a bus driver for 30 years in Fremont. There's a massive transformation of our young people. Massive. Burning hearts of devotion. Uh, It's not hype. I mean, listen, I don't know the last time I saw teens, young adults, spending four or five hours nonstop just reading the Word and praying out of their hearts. That is not normal. That is very extraordinary very man I saw I just it was the look on your face Matt that whole first week like he had this resolute like no nonsense like all he did is I saw him coming to the church like this and just beeline to the front got to business and just start crying out to God and then he he when he was done he like I was like, what is going on? This is wild. But like, those stories of just, I mean, my own son, I've seen him and, you know, (laughs) Wesley called him a temple boy. (laughs) I just thought that was incredible. Because like, he literally now just lives with a guitar around his shoulder, just trying to learn (laughs) like a little David, right? I mean, this is, this is close up, you know, because he's the one that told me in the beginning, like, Dad, I'm, I'm moving out of the house. I'm going to live at the church. I'm just going to pray and worship. Like, that's my new thing. And then he ends up going with Matt and buying a guitar in Portsmouth. And then, you know, he's been, you know, and he's not different from anybody else. This is the, the state of our young people. This is the state of the young people. You know, he's like, okay, Cole, just really quick, just quickly share, um, share what happened last night and then also share what happened at Walmart.
So I'm walking around at Walmart. I'm just doing my thing. And I'm just walking. And then this lady, something was wrong with her hand. And she needed help, like, changing a phone case or something. So I helped her out. And then I go to my aisle to buy whatever I need. And then I'm always trying to think of, like, ways I could tell people what's going on. And I was like, well, I could have prayed for her hand. And I was like, well, I already walked away. Like, it'd be weird if I, like, chased her down. So, but then my heart starts racing, and I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> here we go. So I start, I just peek around the corner, and I see her, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, am I going to really do this? <laughs> so... I follow her, and then, uh, <laughs> so I, I chase her down, and then um, I asked to pray for her, and she's like, yeah, of course, what church do you go to? So I tell her what church I go to, and she's like, oh, really? I just started going there. She's like, I've gone there twice. She was like, I had to go to Florida. She's like, is it still going? I'm like, yeah, it's still going. So I pray for her, and that was just crazy. Like, what are the odds, you know? And, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. I wanted to encourage the young people to listen to God. And if your heart starts racing like that and he tells you to do something, that you should just do it. And you might feel weird and stuff, but, <laughs> but it, doesn't, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. And then... Um, He's just been... As I said, he's been living here, just praying, filling in blocks and things like that. And like, uh, there's a lot of new worship teams emerging, like of young people who have never sang or prayed. No, don't go anywhere. I, I was going to just set you up for this, that next part, because I think this all adds up to, it, it's lean something. I'm going to hit on some expectations and stuff. And, but so they've been tired. Like the youth have been shouldering most of all of the nights and early mornings I mean going through the late night to early mornings like they've been doing it and and I will say this I am calling the body to start responding and shouldering some of the older generations shouldering some of this weight I know there are some who are but this thing is like a heronhood thing where we are stewarding this didn't this happened in our house and it's our responsibility. And I know that God's going to turn this into a regional thing. It's not all about us. But we have been given the stewardship. And it doesn't take much. I, I talked to someone else and they said, but my life is a mess. I'm not a leader. I'm like, do you have a Bible? Can you read it? Can you respond with an honest heart to God in prayer? That is what this is about. So anyway... He saw no one was in, like he had volunteered for 12 to 2, but um, someone else said, you can tell the story. I just want people to hear the feelings you had and the process you went through in your head. So I had 12 to 2, and Mike took the first hour, and I was like, all right, thank God, like, less for me to do. And then, um, <laughs> and then... So then I did an hour, and the girls were supposed to do, they, they said that they were going to do two. And then Autumn texts me, 
Autumn texts me and she's like, oh, they changed their mind. They don't want to do it anymore. So that's at 2 o'clock and I'm just like, all right. Well, there's no one until 6 o'clock. So, <laughs> so I, I have to do the next four hours. So I'm just like, geez. Like, and I turned off the mic and I just like called out to God. I'm just like, God, I need reinforcements. Like, I am tired. I am so like, like I feel weak. And I was, yeah, I was just really tired and nauseous, and I'm always nauseous now. <laughs> but um, I was reading Psalms, and as I'm praying and stuff, like the Psalms I started to read kind of like resonated with, with the emotions I was going through and the thought process I was going through. So I just started like, I was kind of at peace with it. Like for a second, I was just like, oh my gosh, do I really have to do this? And I was like, well, I guess I do. So then I just, yeah, I was like ready, you know what I mean? Like I started just reading and I was like, all right, well, yeah, I just got strength from God. And then, so I'm just ready to go for the next four hours. And then Autumn texted me back and she's like, all right, they decided to come back. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, thank you, God. So that was like a relief. So then I just, I ended up doing it till three. I was reading. I read like a third of the way through Psalms and then Delilah picked it back up where I left off and I was just super like such a blessing but yeah so that that's it you see it this is you see like the fruit of this um, just this pushing capacity for for sacrificial serving and devotion to God and like they are owning it like this like they are you know like saying like someone has to be there and accommodate the Lord and he one thing he left out is he was all alone for a good hour or two and felt like so awesome about that and that's one of the things that's marking this is it doesn't matter who is here there's the one that is here his name is you know god the holy spirit the lord is here and that is where our ministry is going to who we're seeking to please there's no one else if there's just one god here that is who we're praying to that's how that's i even start just prophesying and declaring the word like if I'm alone because there's something God is here he's he's I'm entertaining him I'm hosting him I'm adoring him right and then the final marker that I've seen is increase of supernatural happenings and um Ashley and Terry I don't know where they are but they were saying that they were hearing angels and I think I might have heard it. But I was alone and it was just so peaceful. And I was just like, I was look, I kept hearing things and I'd look around and I was like, and I just keep praying and I was just like, dude, what the heck? But it was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, you know, Kanisha had said like, you know, about a week and a half ago, called me and said, you are entertaining angels. And I said, oh, cool. And, and then like Dave Maddie like actually was the only male voice singing and he heard women's voices singing with him 
And there's been so many accounts of that, of people hearing angels and just going like, what is going on? Um, so that's like a supernatural happening. There's been um, all kinds of increase of dreams, um, healings, like lots of healings, like substantial healings. Those crutches over there was Terry, but like I was talking to my mom the other day and I sent them, sent them a link and she might even be listening to me now. Hi, mom. And um, she just said, Sean, I've just been listening to live stream all day long when I go to the supermarket I have it playing in the store and she's and she's in Ohio and one one day someone here said something like if you need healing just lay your hand right now where you have pain and she was on pain meds and everything and said she laid it on her feet and she laid it on her stomach because she has she has Crohn's disease and she said since that moment she has not been on any of her pain meds like crazy like stuff like God just pouring out on people's hearts um, there's been so many in our community the other night we had and, and there's there's demonic up stirring like the other night during camp there was a car that pulled in and just started doing donuts around people like just really reckless yelling out of the car things like I think it was something to the effect of you won't take this person from me like demonic, like saying like, you won't take souls. I really feel like this, she didn't say, they didn't say souls. So we ended up calling the police because it was pretty dangerous and they, you know, went after the person. But this was at like what, midnight or 11 or I don't know, it was late. And so Angel came and said, Sean, there's like someone like really dangerous out there. And so I said, well, they're still here, call the police. And, but I'm saying like, the enemy is rearing his head, but there it's different than before because we've had spiritual warfare like after camps and things like that. But I truly believe if God is here, we're not going to have to contend as we did. Like, like prayer and every prayer is just, there's a canopy. There's a canopy and a covering and God's saying, don't worry about it. I'm here. I'm here. I got this. You know, will you just worry about one thing? Pleasing me. Pray, worship me, exalt me, lift me up, and let me do all I want to do. So I'm going to just, yeah, feel free to interject when you feel. Um, I just want to say that, um, yeah. Um, one of the things that I think that I, I, I didn't, I, you might have mentioned it, but I didn't hear, but I want people to really hear is that, there's a move of God in the earth, and this is not changing. This is only going to grow. Um, Asbury was one of the beginning fires, and it is spreading throughout the world right now. And it's not going to stop. People are like, when? It's not going to stop. God is going to make a show for himself in this hour. And one of the things he's doing first is visiting his people, because judgment is coming to our house first. It's coming to the church because he's preparing a people for him. And just the wrestle that we've had with accommodating him, and I am talking from personal experience, the struggles in my own heart and mind and distractions, frustrations of, God, you're here, and then my whole life is <laughs> turned upside down. But there's real emotion around that. There's real, but what are we going to do when he brings the lost? 
I'm saying if we can't accommodate him, and one of the marks is God is drawing devotion to himself, the repentance in people's hearts. People have been undone that have been saved for years and years. Sons in the faith have come back home. And we have seen a returning to God like we've not seen. That is having these last two weeks remarkable experiences. And, and that, that, that's one of, I mean, if that's the only, that's, that's it. That's what it's about. God is calling his people to himself and preparing a people. And we love the language of revival. We love to talk about revival, but it's not a fantasy. It's real. And when it comes to your house, how will you respond? We ask for God for years and years and years to come, and then he comes. How do we respond to that? Were we more comfortable in the prayer than we are in the application of devoting our lives and saying, God, everything, everything, every corner, every fox that's spoiling the vine, God, come in, confront my heart because he is purifying a people. And I'm telling you, we've been seeing day by day. I know myself just sitting in here and I, I didn't feel a whole lot the first days and everybody around me is getting rocked and shaken and crying and, and all these remarkable testimonies. And, and you get this feeling like, God, like, you know, what, what am I doing here? Like, you know, everybody, people have felt that. I know there's a lot of people that have felt that. God's not, it's, a, it's just about him. And as I sat here, my heart is softening. There are moments that God is starting to show me things. As, as I've just been saying, God, you know what? You're, you're here. I'm just going to be faithful. And I just look at my time. And, and I want to say this too, because we're not asking. When we're saying this, I, I talked to the interns about this, because the first week, man, we were excited and we sprinted. I mean, we lived, I mean, the young adults, the, the youth, I mean, it was a sprint. And they were giving and giving and giving. But as we come on last week, we talked about that we're going into the maturity of what God's calling us into. Because it's not a hype moment. It's not just one big splash. It's the habitation of God. And how do you live with the habitation of God? And we have to begin to grow up into that and to know how to live within that place. And in saying that, part of it is owning that this is not something that God did for Sean Foster or he did for just the leaders, but he poured out for us as a family and he's abiding with us as a family. And so each of us does have to shoulder that. We're not volunteers. We're not helpers. We're family members that are shouldering the weight together of the habitation of the Lord. And in doing that, we have to look at our schedules and be concerned. Is there fire on the altar in the house? Who's, who's covering it? And this is what I talked to the interns. I said, you should be concerned. You should have checked the schedule. And, and that doesn't mean that you have to do it personally, but you need to be aware so we can talk to other people. And you don't have to take every, you know, we're not expecting you to be here 24-7. We're expecting you to carry some of the load. And so that means you look at your own schedule and you see where you can carry. And then some of the, the hard hours, you know, go to work one day once a month tired. 
take some of those. But we're not, there's not a, a pressure or this, this striving and expectation, but there is an ownership where we own it together. Like the, the Moravians in Heronhood, they went 150 years with nonstop prayer. But it was a community and, and there were two people on the altar at all times. And so we have been, it has been supernatural what God has done in our midst, but we need to take on that mindset of habitation and take on the ownership of it and the concern to say, God, I want to make sure that there's fire in our house at all times. And when we all do that, you guys, there's plenty. I mean, we've been holding and God has been so faithful in the grace that's been poured out. And so, and I'm going to say this because just like I said to the interns, what are you hearing? Because there's, I'm not speaking of pressure. I'm not applying pressure on you and demand. It's not duty in that way. It's a joy to be part of the family. And to say, God, what is my part? And what is my place? Because each one of you have it. And, and literally, even if it's just praying the word. And that was the other thing, because I think at the beginning we thought, wow, we don't sing. You know, it's too bad. <laughs> like, you know. And I even sang the other morning. I'm not sure who liked it. Crystal Armstrong liked it. She, she was like, oh, that blessed me. Because um, I can't sing, but I did. Because I was like, oh. But I'm saying, yeah, it's, it, it's for, and that's what we've seen is God. You know, we, we always... I had a personal little thing. I always thought, God, why can't we be a cool church? <laughs> and we've been eternally uncool. But his presence has been with us. And, and what we're seeing in this is it's not about, it's not about performance. It's not about skill set. God is here if you'll just come and pour your heart out with devotion. And we've, at times, I've been like, oh, that sounds so terrible. Like on the live stream, we've been like, ah, oh, that's really. <laughs> um, and then right after that, somebody's like, I was watching the live stream and the presence of God came all over me. I had to come down. That has happened like five, six, seven, eight, ten times. So I, I'm saying de it's devotion to God. It's not, it's, it's not about performance. We're not here to give this show. This is about the one who's worthy and us coming and, and, and keeping fire on the altar for the one who is worthy of it all. And so I just want to encourage you guys as, as our family, as our church family, that we come together and we own this habitation and we wrestle with it because God is going to show you things in your own heart, your own attitude. I'm just saying, you guys, I'm, I'm getting wrecked because of my own attitudes. And then I'm like, oh God, don't leave. Oh, you know, just because I'm like, it's invaded my life. It's taken my husband from me, which I'm very happy about. But I'm saying these are real. Not, not in that way. No, because I've wanted him. I love him. That's who I married was this guy devoted to Jesus. And, um, and not that he hasn't been, but there's this, I don't know. I just love, I love when I see Sean in that place with the one he loves. It, it, it really blesses me. But, um, but there's emotional things that come in with that. That's what I'm saying is I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand the, the reality that there is a natural peace that is costly and there's aggravation, there's emotion that comes up in the stress of being tired and, and, and saying, God, let that character come out. Let me love well in these moments. 
and and he's he's going into the deep places of our heart and it's not just about being here and doing a hoopla for Jesus and then being so tired we're going home and fleshing out no God is is purifying a people and so all of those are a part of it they're a normal part of it it's a part of God God's showing up we don't live in this ethereal world we live here and now, and he's wanting to come and habitate and abide with us here and in our lives personally every day. Everywhere we go, that we carry this essence and presence with us into our homes, into our workplaces. This is the transformation of the region when the household of faith comes into unity, where all together is one, we're worshiping the one who's worthy. And as Jesus is glorified, he's transforming us by his supernatural power. The very essence of heaven is transforming every area of our life. And then as we go out, we're carrying that essence and presence with us. And we are going to see the transformation in this region that we have desired and God has promised and we have labored towards. God is going to have a harvest, but he's pouring it out on a matured people that know how to abide with him in habitation. about uh, people who know how to abide. The Lord gave me a dream. And in the dream, there was this decision-making that I know many people are going through. Um, I feel guilty if I'm not just pouring out and camping out here like coal. Uh, and then, well, the other side of it is, well, I can just pour out and God will provide for me. Ah, what's right? In this dream, a um, person was talking with me with that one side of it. I feel so guilty. I, I should just be there. I should cast all my needs aside and just go. And so I was making a case for, well, no, there's no need for guilt there. Of course, you have to take care of your own needs. Uh, yeah, God provides. And, and then almost instantly it shifted, and I was now talking with another person who was coming from the other side of it. Uh, I, I, I want to just go and, and pour out and uh, wait, the, and the Lord will provide, right? And so... <laughs> I started defending that, in essence, in the dream. Well, of course, that's right. God's your provider. So you just go and pour out, cast every other need aside. Do you take care of yourself? Uh, So, Lord, what's the answer? And this is all I heard. Yes. Yes. Always say yes to Jesus. So what is the answer? You check your heart. Be careful. I heard this also. Uh, the Lord kind of talking to me after I kind of woke up. And, oh, uh, well, that's an interesting dream. <laughs> and the Mary and Martha story came. Just check your heart. Was Martha's work cleaning the house a bad thing, wrong, guilty? No, no. Ah, but it was not the better thing. So what is the Lord calling you to do? And if you hear, cast those needs to the side. I'll take care of your family. I'll take, you're feeling sick, I'll take care of you. Go and serve. And he will. And if it's the other side of it, go with that. But just check with the Lord first. And he will lead and he will provide. And this house will be taken care of. But it is on our shoulders. Yes, indeed.
I felt like I've been needing to share this like the whole weekend, so I'm just gonna go for it. Um, I found myself, I think it was yesterday, thinking like, um, everyone was like lined up on the altar and they, you know, all the worship leaders are like, come, come to the altar if you have a sin you need to lay down. And I was, I was thinking to myself, okay, I need something. Um, what's something bad that's going on? You know, I need to come to the altar and like lay that down. But I was like, no, no, if there's nothing like wrong, and it may just be me, but <laughs> if there's nothing like wrong in your life that you need to lay down, then just be there in his presence. You don't need to come to church because something's wrong. You can also come to just enjoy him and savor his spirit so <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome that's been such a marker for me watching the young people I think a bunch of people have said it but the the young people and I think that this is something just a couple things I wanted to just put a point or two and um this this verse right the earth is the Lord and all it contains Right? And I believe that's what we're seeing. This is in Asbury. Not all these places are the Holy Spirit and God moving and then going through individual people and bodies. And the expression obviously is going to carry different flavors and uh, nuances. But to me, the underlying, the plumb line of this whole thing in the, in the earth that I'm hearing about everywhere is the recentering around the worth of Jesus. It's where even the gifts in the church are becoming second place to the one they're pointing to. Where it's not just a boast on, oh, this person's carrying this. I think there's a lot in this that's just challenging hearts in that. There's so much like in this place where our heads are lifting up and we're seeing him. I think I want to read it. Isaiah 6, man. It's such a great picture, I believe, of what the Lord is doing all over the place. In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. All right, so a moment came on Isaiah, incredible moment, where he got brought up into the throne room. He said, I saw the Lord, came out of nowhere, right? High and exalted, seated on a throne. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, two covered their feet, and, and two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The earth, the whole earth is full of his glory. An encounter of the supremacy and worth, centrality of this man, this king, this God, Jesus, right? This acknowledgement. The earth is the Lord and all it contains. All of this is for him. It's by him. It's through him. And this has got to remain the plumb line of what we're doing. It, for the rest of our life, this has got to remain the, the, the major motivating factor is where we're just constantly pointing back to him. Because I know that in this process of beholding and seeing him, just like Isaiah, my initial response was, woe is me. What have I done with my life? What have I given my affection and my time and my resource to? And, I, and I'm somebody that has intentionally tried to live for the Lord and serve Him and, and bring people to the knowledge of His goodness. But there was just this, this greater veil thing being pulled back to see Him for who He was. And the response was, oh, my heart 
What am I really living for? I was bought. I was purchased with the price. What am I living for? But here's the danger, and I think that this is needs to be for some in the moment of awareness and even as you see other people coming alive or you're feeling like, where's my part in this or peace? And everybody's experiencing it to different places. That woe is me moment only needs to be a moment. There's something that can so easily happen in the heart in that process that starts to over-spiritualize the spiritual moment of woe is me. And where we get stuck in this moment, and it's this like false humility thing. The only reason I know what it is is because I've been there. And this false humility thing of introspectiveness that keeps us stuck in the woe is me instead of the transition that happens in the throne room where Isaiah says, woe is me. And there was an acknowledgement of repentance and turning from the old things that we saw that were prohibiting us from seeing the glory of God and living for it fully. Because in that acknowledgement, that repentance, that changing of mind, the seraphim came with a coal from the fire on the altar. It's what we're seeing so many people experiencing right now. But you got to let it happen. Don't turn and say, oh no, i got to feel this for a little bit. What have I been doing? No, let the coal come and cleanse you. Let it restore you. Don't stay stuck in that. That's not your lot. Introspectiveness will rob you from being who you're supposed to be in God. There can be moments of search me, know me, know every hidden thing about me. That's what's happening right now. In light of who he is, we're reprioritizing. We're taking sober, not heightened emotional moments, but like these real evaluation moments of our, the landscape of our life. And we're saying, okay, Lord, in light of who you are, here's my life. What am I holding on to too tightly that you couldn't say, let that go, and I wouldn't? Real move of God stuff I'm talking about. Not jumping up and down, and I love it. That's been so much of what we've been doing out of the joy of what God's doing. But the real stuff, the real maturing where we're laying down our lives, counting the cost. Because when he acknowledged the woe is me, wow, I can't stand before you. I can't live for you. I can't, I've got nothing for you. The old wineskin of the church, platforming, gifts and callings, that's got to just get laid low in, rep- in the reality of who he is. Where even in the function of the church, there is just this high acknowledgement of what this is really all about. There's a death in that, but I want to just say we can't stay in the death. Then there's the cleansing moment. And then what happens? The voice of the Lord shows up and he says, who can I send? And Isaiah said something that was so contrary to just one second earlier. Woe is me. He said, here am I, Lord, send me. There was a full acknowledgement that what he had to offer on the altar of sacrifice before the Lord was weak. But he recognized that God came and cleansed him and caused him. We, come on, this was how it represents to us, a righteousness, not our own. Sons, daughters, not because of what we have to offer, because of that high sacrifice he paid for. A recognition of our humanity. But the living sacrifice is this. Your power is perfected in my weakness. Come on. And I know that this can be a death for some. It's been a death in me in seasons of my life. And I've been feeling that and thinking that the last few days more than ever. Don't get stuck in self-pity. 
Don't get stuck in the woe is me. Don't get stuck in the places of your humanity. God calls you in your weakness. And his glory is represented through it. It shows and it points to him. If you guys knew my life like my wife knew my life, like Jesus knows my life, who's worthy? There's one. There's one. No one earns this. No one has credit for this. It's responsive. This thing is invitation, like Steph's saying. I believe that. This is invitation where you're literally counting the cost. It's not an emotional altar call. It's a sobriety on the heart and the mind where we're choosing God. However much I see you, God, I'm engaging with your greatness, and I'm saying, here's my life. And if you're feeling a stumbling block in that, like, I don't know if I'm seeing them like you're seeing them or... I don't have some massive revelation. I'm just burying myself here before him and and, and saying, here's my life, Lord. And in that, there's been perpetual waves of just acknowledgement of who he is that has been coming. Last thing I want to say real quickly. It's this Song of Solomon thing here. One of them is, she was reading it earlier, and it's this idea, like the sign in the land was the marriage was about to happen. The spring rains, the blossoming, the fruit was about to come. The, 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 the marriage of the man and the woman were coming. And that's in the earth right now. That's what this is all about. This is about the reward of his suffering, his inheritance in the earth coming into maturity. Salvation at the end of the age. That's what this is all about. It's not about good meetings. It's about a vibrant church that's pure and spotless, that's operating in a level of maturity that we could not in our own strength. And what does she, she read it and it's been getting me for a while now. What is, what is this little verse that pops up in the middle of all this amazing language of God's coming and the marriage right there so close. She, she cries out to him and says, deal with the foxes that are, can spoil the vineyard. And is that not what he's doing? He's going after these areas in our life that, that are causing mixture for real, that are diluting the body of Christ from walking in maturity on another level. And guess what? The invitation's out. Who's going to say yes to it? Really? That's what's in the earth right now? An invitation for the church to come into the real representation that he wanted them from the beginning to be into. I just believe the grace of God's on it. These outpourings are catalysts for us to come into it. The foxes that are spoiling the vine, Lord, show me, just an awareness, God, show me where I'm holding on to this life too much. It says we're sojourners. We're just passerbyers. We're pilgrims. This isn't our home. This is not our home. This is not our home. Oh, man, if we get that truth. Dreams the last two nights, I'm not even going to share them, but what they represented was the slimy tactics of the enemy to come in and just try to disrupt. And you know what? Both times, both dreams, it was all about communication. People saying one thing and hearing it completely different than the way it was intended. Offense, bitterness, resentment, comparison, all this stuff was just coming in and trying to dilute what God wanted to do. And I want to point it out. you got to be on a high guard right now in your heart high guard. When God moves in an unprecedented way, the enemy wants to come in. God will raise a standard, but these moments right now, you got to put a guard. you got to take captive those thoughts that cause you to think unhealthy thoughts towards other people. Benefit of the doubt right now is so important. Open lines of communication right now are so important. 
where we just put things on the table, we expose them. If we feel like there's some discernment we have towards somebody else or a way they're feeling about us or a way they might think I'm feeling about them, you got to just have open communication. Guess what you'll find in open communication? 99% of the time you'll find there was no issue at all. And these little tiny foxes, they come in and they can spoil a vineyard if we're not aware. They can spoil the vineyard of God. So I'm just saying, when you go, go in humility. You don't know it all. Man, we see through this human lens, this human messed up lens that we got. If you feel like there's something there between you and your brother, you go in in humility. Benefit of the doubt. I just want to expose this. If it's there, I want to talk about it with you. I want to reconcile with you. If it's not there, then let's just joy in Jesus because the enemy got exposed for what he's doing. Um, Is Glow still here, Glory? She did just left as in you could catch her or no negative okay um i was just really charged i wanted her to share her dream but you know because glory doesn't always come to me and say i got a dream but it was literally of a reconciliation that she had had with a friend in front of her house and really it spoke of be ready for massive reconciliation like God is doing this kind of work. And then she saw this manna from heaven flying through the air. And God says, it's two days away. And so this was a couple days ago. Today's the day of arrival. If it's literal. I mean, but, but there was an expectancy when she said that it, my heart leapt because the provision of the Lord is coming. I'm telling you, in, what, in all the multifaceted ways, the manna from heaven is is on its way there's there's all kinds of things that are are coming at us and um and by the way you know i i want to say too that if there's uh you know in these prolonged things if you have to go you have to go but you know we're we're going to just continue to go on and share these things i want to just uh I've tried to summarize kind of what's happened because some of you aren't as engaged. You don't know all the, the magnitude of what's happening, the consistent flow of supernatural stuff happening. And you know, it's not based on your feelings. This isn't about feelings. It's about God being here, whether you feel him or not, whether you encounter God or not. I told someone who was, um, they were just, I shared earlier about the person they were saying like I have a hard time praying and everything I said I said would you just be a good evangelical you know and I said stop seeking this experience or this encounter like seek the Lord read his word pray all this other stuff the healings all these evidences of God's presence they're they're just evidences that he's here they're just Outside, you know, when we feel the tangible presence, there are evidences that he's here, healings, evidence that he's here. But I just said, just please stop being so charismatic. Be a good evangelical. Come and worship the Lord and read his word and pray his heart. 
And all these other things will just happen to us. When he's here, supernatural stuff happens. And so I want to encourage you here that like where the rubber meets the road is where you actually don't just cry out for revival. You come and, and, and be a part of it. In your weakness, he's strong. And that's one of the things about perfectionism. No one's looking for it. And believe me, I call in the middle of the night trying to find someone to adjust the live stream because I'm like, the pad is playing in a different key than they're singing. And it sounds like a horror show. And I'm like, this is, is terrible. But like, yet the sacrifice of praise is going on. And, and we're preparing a place for God. And that's what's important. This perfectionism performance is not... And so take away this, this determination that you're going to actually commit to playing your part. And that may be just reading the word for an hour and praying, whatever it is. But I'm telling you, if we will all collectively come and, and just worship the Lord together, and I'm not, don't pick the eight to 10 block, <laughs> like, you know, be willing be willing to be here and take some of the hard times in the middle of the night and things like that. There's, it's a powerful, powerful time. And if you lose a couple hours sleep, it's going to keep someone else from getting sick because they're just here five, six hours in a row all night long. And so we got to be like Heronhood where we're taking our, our watches, we're taking our shifts, every single member of the community, shouldering the weight of accommodating God. And we're going to see continual transformation and amazing things happen. Um, I want to give Kanisha just a few minutes here. Um, you know, she's from Chicago, came for camp, and just, but really feels she has something in her heart from God. And so I just want to give her an opportunity to just kind of share some of that. And, I'm going to give it to her, but just before you transition, because what you just asked, I just wanted to to make people aware that um, because of the the camp this weekend, just all the stuff we've done the last two weeks, um, to this afternoon and tonight are some of the blocks that are are we have a lot of coverage up through Friday, but to, to this afternoon and tonight are some blocks that if you would like, we would really like to have help covering tonight just because the youth have really poured out with their camp and stuff. So just wanted to, because it. Um, I just want to share real quick what um, uh, Pastor Sean and I have been talking last night, um, some, and then just kind of what I've been, as I've been praying over the last few weeks. First, I want to just tell you guys, it's been a privilege and an honor to be a part of what God is doing here. And just to know that God is hovering and just resting on the New Hampshire area. That I'm telling you, I was just in LA last weekend and I live in Chicago and this isn't everywhere, but they're praying for stuff like this. And you get to just jump right into it. And it's gonna carry from here to wherever you uh, travel next. And there's just a couple of things over the last few weeks that I've been praying about. And honestly, um, the day before I found out base camp was going to be moved, the Lord had told me, um, and that's what Pastor Sean is talking about, what Sean was talking about was that the Lord told me that there are angels in this place worshiping with you all. And then the next day, and I was like, well, Lord, how am I going to share this? And then the next day, I found out base camp was going to be shifted here. And he gave me um, 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14 through 16, a verse that we're all familiar with. But I kept reading through it. One second. 
and I won't um, share long, but I did want to make sure you guys got what the Lord was saying for you guys in this season. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14 through 16, And if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. And then it goes on. Now my eyes will be open, my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place, in this church. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. You have tapped into the kingdom of God here. And there's just a resting of his presence here. And he said, his name will be in this house forever. And he said, welcome to your new lifestyle. <laughs> and, and Sean was right on. You're asking, when will this end? And the Lord is saying, never. Welcome to your new lifestyle. And then... Sorry, my mom is blowing my watch up. I apologize. And I'm going to read also, um, I, <laughs> she doesn't care that I'm in church. Um, Isaiah 4, verse 5 and 6 is another verse that the Lord gave me. Then the Lord will create about every dwelling place of the Mount of Zion and above her assemblies a cloud of, and smoke by day and the shining of flaming fire by night. For all the glory there will be a covering. And there will be a tabernacle for shade by the daytime from the heat. And for a place of refuge and shelter from the storm and the rain. And the Lord told me to tell you that I am hovering over this building like a cloud by day and a fire by night. You guys, this presence is so real up here. And he said, it's the day and night. Same presence, it'll just come in different forms. A cloud by day and a fire by night. You are resting in the cloud by day and the fire by night, which means he's never leaving. He's just continually showing himself in different forms. And he told me to tell you that there will begin to, they they outside of this church will begin to see and smell the smoke and fire from afar and the aroma of his presence is going to begin to draw them to this house it's and they're going to be and i'm telling you i know maybe the live stream may throw some of you off but i'm telling you it is drawing them in it's drawing them in it's drawing them in they can smell the smoke through the cameras you all And so, so then the Lord said, well, what's next? What comes in the midst of this? What do we do with this? And the Lord took me to Acts 2. And then I'll be done. Uh, sorry. And he took me to Acts 2, verse 40 through 43. And with many other words, this is after they've had... Um, the day of Pentecost, and we know that they were there for 40 days and 40 nights, and he came, and we honestly don't know how long they were there on the back end. You know, we don't. And then they went out, and they were mocking them or whatever, and so Peter starts to preach right there in the streets, and 
And it says, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayer. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. You are the apostles. That many signs and wonders are beginning to come through this place. And that also, not only... It says that as he, they pre, they, after he preached 3,000, so the Lord's saying, what's next? The souls are coming. The souls are coming, you all. The souls are coming. This is about the souls coming. The souls are coming to the kingdom. The souls are coming through your lives. You get to be a part of a mass salvation on this nation. And the thing I shared with the youth last night was, as I was praying, um, just over the last few weeks since the Asbury thing happened, he took me to Matthew 6.33, and he seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things we under. And he said, he said, Kenesha, we're stepping into a season of the seeking. That if once we seek him, everything else will be added unto me. Everything else you need comes with that. That everything, and he said, I am colliding heaven with earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And right before I came up here, the Lord said, this is a military base for my kingdom. That people are going to begin to come here, get their assignments and be sent back out across this nation. Welcome. You call it boot camps that you have. You didn't know what you were releasing in the spirit over this house. That you have now set yourselves up as a spiritual boot camp in his presence for people to get their assignments. And this is now going to be taken throughout the nations of how to do this in their own houses, how to do this in their own churches. And you get to be a part of something that will be talked about for 10 and 20 years from now. And Sean, can I just pray real quick? It's okay, bro. Okay, let's just pray. And feel free to lift your hands, sit, stand. But I just want to uh, pray over this word. Father, I just thank you. God, I thank you, Lord, for the people of this house that said yes. This would not be possible if they never said yes. So, God, I pray that you honor their yes tonight, this morning. God, honor their heart for the assignment. God, honor their heart. God, that when nobody else would do the two and the three o'clocks in the morning, God, when nobody else would be on the watch, that this church said, God, this would be a house of prayer. I thank you, Lord, that you're drawing men from around the world, not for a show, but for an encounter with you, God. Not to say what's happening, but to say, I need to be a part of what's happening, God. And I thank you, Lord, give them the stamina to contain this, Father, God. Give them the grace to continue to press, God. Give them the grace to continue to stand. Give them the grace to continue to push. And I bless this military base in the spirit in the name of Jesus, God. I bless every soldier, God, every general in this house. And give them the grace to send out the assignments to the others, God. 
And Lord, I thank you. You found a place in little bitty New Hampshire that said we're willing to collide heaven with earth. We're willing to clap the kingdom of God here with the kingdom of earth. And Lord, we take a moment and we pray in the souls that are coming. God, we thank you for the aroma of your presence that is being released from this house. Draw them in, God. Draw them in. Draw them in. God, I thank you, Lord, that there's a repentant spirit, God, that is being sent from this house, God. God, I thank you, Lord, that in this house are John the Baptist's that said, God, for there's another one coming before me, God, after me. But God, I thank you, Lord, that you're using me to draw in the souls, God. I release the John the Baptist's of this house, God. I release the John the, to make way the script, the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. God, I bless every John the Baptist in this house, God, that you have sent them for such a time as this, God. God, I bless them. And Lord, I even thank you personally for allowing me to be a part of what you're doing. And I pray that we never take it for granted that I get to be one that sits in the room where you hover under. Thank you, Lord, that I get to be one where your cloud is shining on us even now, where the rain of heaven gets to pour, and that we get to be a carrier of the smoke of you. Lord, we honor you. We bless you in Jesus' name.